You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, subscribe, hit those notifications. If you're on your favorite audio platform of choice, give us a five-star review or whatever review system they have. I got a notification the other day that Spotify was making uh, reviews available. So if you're listening on Spotify, check it out. Give us a five-star review. It helps us more than you know. All right. This week, I have a very interesting guy. He is a dating coach, but not like the, the type of dating coaches you see all over YouTube. His name is Malcolm Bell. He's the owner of Elevate Dating Blueprint, and his dating coaching practice is focused on developing relationships through social circles. So basically, he's really big on finding groups of people organically, meeting groups of people in person, and then you know, making a group over here, making a group over here, bridging the gap between the two, you know, being the, the, the bridge that uh, is the go-between to introduce people from this group to this group. Because when you do that, you tend to build status and you also meet people organically. And, and he says, this is how you truly get tens, right? Like he, he, says, uh, he says that you've never truly met a perfect 10 woman before until you follow his method. Is that true? You be the judge because I will bring you that conversation right after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but what I'm doing involves a bottle of Carvassier and a lady. Well, maybe not the Carvassier, but definitely a lady. If you're like me, you're tired of expensive, girly-smelling colognes from expensive department stores. You don't want to smell like a little bitch. You want to smell like a friggin' man. That's why I've partnered with Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon has a wide range of men's grooming products that actually smell manly as hell. My personal favorites are their Naval Supremacy Bar Soap and all of their awesome smelling colognes that women love. I have several of their colognes for different days of the week, but my Saturday night cologne is Grant because it gets the job done, if you know what I mean. Right now, if you visit duke.comeonmanpod.com, you get free shipping on orders over $25. Using duke.comeonmanpod.com tells them I sent you and you get free shipping. Win-win. Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. All right, joining me this week is Malcolm Bell, the owner of Elevate Dating Blueprint, a dating coaching practice focused on developing relationships through social circles. That's a that's a mouthful, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Social circles, you know, meeting people in person, the old-fashioned way. What's up, Malcolm? Yeah, it's kind of odd, isn't it? I just, it's, hey, thanks for having me on, Paul. I appreciate it. It's such an old-fashioned concept that it's like revolutionary these days. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of weird to think about, isn't it? And especially with what's going on in the world, it's uh, socializing and social circles and the concepts of social organization has become definitely a underutilized skill, we'll say. Yeah, definitely. It's funny when I first came across your videos. Uh, I'm a big James Bond fan, like like most guys uh, yeah. in in the three percent man community. <laughs> but I, I mean, I grew up with James Bond, and I there's a I think it's in uh, Doctor No, maybe I don't know. But someone says, "Hey, do you want me to enter or do you want me to uh, arrange a meeting with this guy?" He's like, "Heavens no, I want to meet mm -hmm. them socially." You know, like that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it's I. A good I thought analogy. Of. So I get a lot of dating and, and relationship coaches on here. And I, and I always like to ask how they got into this business. So give us your story, Malcolm. 
Oh, geez. Do you want the long version or the short version? How much time we, you got? We, we got to fill up an hour. So let's let's hear it. OK, well, <laughs> um, I would say it. I came into it for a few different reasons, I guess, first of all. And then the, the path that led me towards this sort of as a career um, is definitely ups and downs. So I started out in the marketing world. Um, I worked for Ford Motor Company for a long time. Um, and before that I've helped different small, uh, manufacturers get their products to market. And so this was always a side hobby for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not a, I was always a naturally social person, but I did struggle with being, uh, sort of intentional about my social life. And so when I was young, I grew up in a, in a small city. Um, I grew up in Canada in a town, you know, just outside of a small city, basically. And so when I went to high school, um, it was very difficult for me getting dumped into a crowd of, you know, 1500, 1700 kids when I'd spent most of my life in a very small, um, private grade school with, you know, playing with my sister, you know, and my parents on the weekends kind of thing. And, uh, so I really struggled to be social with that. And, and I remember going home very frustrated to, uh, to my mother and father saying like, you know, everyone else in high school seems to be, how do they do this? There's, it's so easy for them, you know, like what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I really remember that being difficult for, for like three years. And I remember my parents saying, well, why don't you sign up for some sports? Why don't you sign up for some, you know, some hobbies, some extracurricular something like this. And in every, you know, rebellious teenagers, I know everything kind of fashion was like, what do you know, mom and dad? Right. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, so finally my parents pushed me and they said, well, why don't you, you know, go join at least like, you know, a social sport, like ultimate Frisbee. Okay, fine. You know what, whatever. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing, you know, like it kept showing up in my, in my face constantly. There was a sign up for it. And then there was some people were talking about it and it was announcements and, so I signed up and, and I, I met some great people and I really hit it off in the, the ease of meeting people through a hobby. And unfortunately that was, you know, fourth year of high school and that was it. I met some people and then they were like, okay, that was high school. Bye. And so I, but I learned that I learned that if you have something in common with someone, then you have an easier time connecting with them. And so I took armed with that knowledge. I went to university. And when I got to university, I signed up for every sport, every activity, every debate club, every society, every fraternity, every, like everything. I was helping run Frosh Week. Um, I was involved with the business school that I was at. I was involved with Sprott and, you know, every single thing I could get my hands on, I did. And the problem I realized then was that you, you end up with all of these sort of like, you know, separate social circles, separate groups of people. And it's very difficult at that point because you have like my Wednesday, um, you know, soccer group, or I have my Thursday afternoon debate club, or I have my Friday night car meets and things like this. And, but on a, on a random, you know, Thursday afternoon or Thursday night or something, or for brunch on a Sunday, I didn't always feel comfortable calling somebody up and saying, Hey bro, what's going on? And so trying to bridge those people into my actual social life was all was the next challenge. That was sort of the next thing I realized was really tough. And um, so I started hosting like my own little event, a recurring event on a Saturday and uh, on a Saturday night or a Sunday afternoon for brunch. And I started just inviting people. And when you have that recurring sort of thing, I'm a very systems focused person. I think goals are great. Goals are very positive. But to meet a goal, you need to have a system which you can iterate on repeatedly, do it over and over and over again, and tweak things and change things and make it better. And so that's what I started doing was I created this sort of recurring event and uh, I started inviting people to it. And from there, things began to move quite rapidly because I was then starting to meet sort of friends of friends and I started to meet um I started to get access to different events and different things that you can't just off the street get access to Um, different higher and higher level circles of people that keep themselves um, private for good reason. Um, It's very difficult to meet people that share an energy with you, that share a passion for life with, with a lot of people. And so you have to, by necessity, start to limit 
um, put up, you know, walls and barriers and things like this. And so, especially as I started to want to meet um, better women in my life, for example, it became access became the currency that you need in order to meet the best people. Um, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to own a business, you need to have access to investors. You have to have access to capital. You have to have access to other people with other skill sets. Um, you know, they say the best businesses to start, you know, once you've started, or sorry, the best group of people to start a business with is someone in marketing, someone in accounting and someone who will do the work. And, (laughs) and so it's, um, you know, but it, it's true. You have this idea and then you need someone in marketing to sell it. You need someone in accounting to deal with the finances. And so if you can then meet those people, for example, through your social circles, through going out into the world, connecting and bringing people in to your life, the best people that you connect with, that you vibe with, and to bridge those people into your life. And, um, and so that's really sort of how my progression of how I ended up kind of where I am. In terms of the reason why I do this, um, it was a close personal friend of mine who really struggled also to be social. And he sort of would ask me, like, how, do you, how are you doing this? And that forced me to sit down and think about it. Like, okay, how am I doing this? Something that we kind of take for granted in life that maybe I did because I needed to, to sit down and to, to formulate uh, a system and to codify that system um, was what created the Elevate Dating Blueprint. It's essentially what I teach is what I did. Right. Mm -hmm. And that system is what has allowed me now to, um, you know, to travel around the world to different places, to be invited um, on trips and adventures and to be partners in different businesses. Um, All of this is all facilitated through social organization. Um, One of the thing I would add as well is that um, my grandmother has been a huge, huge influence in my life. She comes from an older style of um, conversing and connecting with people. Um, she comes from a very wealthy business-oriented American business family um, based out of Minneapolis. And so she was someone who was like, you know, Malcolm, you need to socialize. Don't just go to the kids' table when you go to a family gathering. Stay with the adults. Chat with the adults. Connect with people. Talk. Learn how to socialize. Learn how to have a conversation that's not just about you learn how to get interested in other people, things like this. So I would also kind of, you know, tip my hat, I suppose, to my grandmother for her incredible influence in that area too. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's interesting. When I hear you talk about it and describe it, it essentially sounds like, like simple networking, right? I mean, yeah, it is. This stuff is like very common sense. And I hear this all the time. People say like, Malcolm, this is very, you know, common sense, but uh, the idea is that you have to do it right? And so many people don't know what's possible for themselves. And so they sort of keep these small work circles, or they keep these small, little small circles, right? But the the heights you can go to when you start to connect with other people is like, when I'm in South Korea, I have a close friend of mine now who owns a, a catamaran that we can go out on and we can go party on and he has DJs onto it. I know people who own nightclubs who if I go to a nightclub, I don't pay cover, you know, I'm having bottle service, but I'm not paying for it. Mm-hmm. And so the, the heights that you can get to, I, I saw a thread on, might've been on 3% man, it might've been somewhere else the other day. And it was talking about, you know, what's your opener for this, for some 10. Yeah. And I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, how are you meeting the 10? You know, that's the first problem. Right. Women who are tens have put huge walls around themselves that you just cannot get through. And so the average guy who's using, you know, cold approach pickup or something like this to try to meet girls in the grocery store, you're not going to meet, you've never seen a 10 and odds are you've never met a nine. Um, It's just access and socializing and social circle comes before game, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And if you're learning game, it's like, well, you need to find where you're going to apply it at least at the same time as you're learning the skill set. Yeah. When you say, you said that in, in one of your other videos too, when I was doing my homework, but you've mm-hmm. never, you've never met a 10. You've probably never met a nine. I mean, what's your definition of a nine or a 10? Um, a 10 is a girl you would meet at formula one winner circle, holding an umbrella for, uh, for Rossi in MotoGP. Okay. Um, she's someone who trades on her looks. Guys will always slander women and say like, oh, she's just a model. You know, oh, she's a model. It's like, 
yeah, obviously. Like, what? <laughs> she's crazy. Probably, yeah. yeah, she's extremely attractive. Why would she not be? It's like saying, like, yeah. wow, this guy's got an amazing fitness body. Oh, he's probably a bodybuilder. Ugh. You know? Right. <laughs> um, you know, so when I say that you've probably met, never met a 10, it's because the incredible amount of access you have to have to meet a 10 is you're not going to meet them in, you know, in Salt Lake City walking around on the street, right? They collect in very specific places, you know, they're in, they're at a table in one at One Oak in New York City, right? They're in Cabo on certain weeks of the year, they're at VIP at Lollapalooza, you know, there's certain places that you have to be in order to even see them in order to even get access to them, because it's such a rare commodity. And mm. so many men want that they don't need to talk. It's like they want to talk to less men, not more men. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably inundated with options. So obviously 100%. Their, their job is to filter out the noise. I would exactly. I would say, it's right? same for any high status man. Right. If you are any kind of high status guy, like, you know, not that I'm the biggest fan, but take Gary Vaynerchuk for a, as an example, that guy's going to go to any conference and he's going to have 30 dudes trying to come up to him constantly being like, Hey, I've got an idea. Hey, I've got an idea for a business. Hey, want to invest in my business? It's like, no, really? I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's the same for any of the guys in like, you know, Shark Tank or Dragon's Den Any any top end investor, they were getting pitched so much that they made a TV show out of it because mm-hmm. people are so desperate to pitch these, these guys in, in Shark Tank. Right. And the same is true for any high status woman is that, you know, she's not interested in meeting the average guy. She wants to meet excellence, right? Because she, because she can be discerning and she can be uh, choosy. Do you think women like that though are worth the effort? I mean, just beauty alone, like. Um, so women who are just beauty alone are a nine, I would say. Okay. But if you're talking about a 10, um, a 10 has everything, right? And I've only met a few of them in my life. Um, they are a lot of times they are fantastically successful entrepreneurs or career people. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're married, they put massive amounts of energy into um, caring, supporting, being feminine in their marriage relationships. Their children are often, you know, like the Nietzschean supermen. Um, they are deeply in touch with spiritual aspects of being woman, being a woman. Um, and I'm not saying that women who don't have the looks can't do that. Also, they can hundred percent. Um, however, I think if you're talking about someone who's a 10, then they have everything going on. If we're using sort of that definition as sure. perfection, perfect, they're package. rare, you know, it's hard yeah. to find. And, you know, is it, is it worth chasing something which is rare and valuable it's for you to decide? Got it. It, okay. it comes down to whether or not people are willing to compromise on something. Um, it's like, do you just want a mother of some children? Well, then maybe you don't need to go find someone who's like, you know, a Victoria's Secret model and, 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 mm-hmm. right? It has all these things going on. Or maybe you do. Who knows? Got it. Okay. No, I mean, that makes sense. I always I kind of look at nines, tens, and beauty and what people consider, you know, their perfect mate mm-hmm. as like, it's totally subjective anyway, but uh, yeah. I, I, I definitely oh, it absolutely has a subjective component. It hundred percent has a subjective component. And that's why I say it's up to you as a man to decide, you know, what you're going to spend your energy and time and focus and, you know, where your core is going to be. I think also guys who, who spend too much time, not to say too much time, but who spend a lot of time chasing girls, um, they often hit a roadblock and Corey Wayne and, you know, any of the guys who understand that 3% man are going to know this, that you really can't make women the center of your core, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have something greater as your North star. And then in a way, the women come on their own, right? They're like an added bonus, right? Um, yeah, I would, that's kind of what I would say, I guess on that. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> You know, um, one thing that I thought of when I was writing down notes for this is that every professional job that I've ever had mm-hmm. basically came because of people I know, not necessarily 100%. what I know. Like, I mean, I got, I mean, yeah. what I, what I knew got me through the interview, but like people like that I knew that I met in social circles is how I got the interview in the first place. 
or got recommended yeah. for the job. So did you have to show resume? Did you have to show other materials? Uh, the you know what the very first so I so my day job I work in IT and okay. and uh, I started in San Diego California and that market is saturated with people, oh yeah <laughs> like with 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 IT guys and it's really competitive and I got my foot in the door at a company basically an internship because. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife at the time went to college with this gal whose husband was the uh, IT manager. And so, yeah. so she yeah, invited everybody over for like a Christmas party. And she goes, you know, my, my husband wants to get an IT. Do you, do you have a job for him or whatever? Do you have any, any mm-hmm. openings? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Send him in. And uh, I basically went to the interview and I, I did have to, I did have a resume and stuff already. But yeah. I found out later that the uh, supervisor that was interviewing me was basically told, this guy has the job anyway. This is a four belt. <laughs> yeah. This, so this is, <laughs> yeah, you're, this is what people don't realize is that in all the most successful moments of our lives, social circle was part of it, whether we liked it or not, or whether we noticed it or not. Right. I've yeah. had the same experience as you, Paul. It's like all of my best career prospects, all of my best um, work has all been through, you know, who do you know, not what you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like you still need to know stuff, you know, <laughs> I mean, because yeah. I, well, I hang be on. To... So the entry level job, the entry level position, I would say the yeah. entry level job is where you need to show the resume. You need to have the, whatever you need to have the, you know, CV and you need to have the university diploma to show them. Yeah. But that's what gets you to the entry level of maybe the first, like, you know, account executive, whatever. Sure. But beyond that, you need to be networked into that industry. And at that point, people have heard of you they've seen your work. Maybe they've worked alongside you before. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was a job I was interviewing for as uh, a marketing director um, here in, uh, there in Canada for uh, like another auto company. And the whole reason why I was even getting that job offer was because the VP had seen the work I had done for Ford. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, he didn't need to see a resume saying, here's my list of qualifications. It's like, he had seen the work in the marketplace and he had seen, you know, cars moving off the lot at Ford. And he said, okay, we've got this new opening. We need someone to fill it. Can we get, who can we get? Who's good? Who's in the marketplace. Yeah. Right. And so the, the, the work that you're doing is proof of the, of the concept, you know, but the only reason I even had the introduction to him was because the guy that I was working for was his friend and they played golf together. Right. And mm-hmm. I went to breakfast with them. So it was, it was all still again, predicated through this idea that you need to have the connections. The knowledge is most important in very, very technical careers. Like if you're uh, you know, I don't know, you're a scientist, something like this, and you're doing lab work, then yes, of course, you need to really, really have a tight, uh, you know, examples of what it is that you do. But even in things like I've got a friend who's in wastewater engineering, and even her career at at a high level is still really, really heavily centered around who you know, and what introductions can you get? Interesting. You know, um, I read a book uh, earlier this year, I say this year, by the time this drops, uh, it's going to be, it's going <laughs> to be, be, it's going to be next year. There's a, space a year time, from now. <laughs> there's, a, there's a space time continuum here. So yeah, back in 2021, um, I read a book, uh, by a guy named Dave Parada. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's on, he's no. on YouTube. He's a big YouTuber. He wrote a really good book called the lifestyle blueprint. And okay. he has a whole chapter essentially around building social circles. And, and one of the things mm-hmm. that he talks about is how, a lot of adults, especially men, they have what's called forced friends, right? They okay, yeah, yeah. They, they're they're only friends with people because they're you know they know them from work. They only know mm-hmm. them from school, like you were talking. Their about. wife's husband, their wife's friend's husband. Right, right, yeah, they're yeah they don't have friends. They their wives have <laughs> friends, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So they're 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 forced to know these people, but not because they actually went out on their own to meet people. Right. So, mm-hmm. so that I find, I find a lot of guys find themselves stuck in that position. What, what are some of the best ways that men can start a social circle or at least mm-hmm. find a local one to join? Do you think? Yeah, 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 for sure. It's a great question. Yeah. It's super common. It's like force friends is such a good word for it. I should check that book out. Um, well, you have to start to see, first of all, 
yourself as the one who is in the driver's seat of your life and in the driver's seat of your social life. And I think the reason why forced friends happens is because guys sort of stay. It's the same thing we do with women. It's like, okay, I've got that girlfriend thing done. Check. Right. Okay. Done. Check. But, and we do the same thing with friends. Oh, I've, I've got some friends. Check. Mm-hmm. Instead of seeing it as a system and seeing it as something which you need to, you're either growing or it's shrinking, right? You're either sort of creating new systems and it's spinning upwards or you're augering yourself down into the ground, right? And so I would say that's the first thing is you have to see yourself as the leader and the one who is ultimately responsible for your social circle, right? Um, Don't go, oh, my, you know, my wife has friends and so I'm just going to tag along with them because I've got that girlfriend thing checked off. You need to start to see yourself as the one who, needs to make it better, right? If it's something you want. And so that's the second thing is it needs to be something you actually really want to do because it's a lot of work mm-hmm. um, to have a social life. And so many people come home and their social their 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 leisure time is filled with sitting on the couch and watching Netflix or consuming some kind of entertainment. And so you have to understand that you need to put some work in, you need to put some energy into this, but that it will be more fun in the future, right? It'll result in a in a greater enjoyment of your life. Right. And then I would say you need to put yourself into new situations. You need to get yourself out into places where other people who are active and doing things will be. Um, Hobbies are a great one. Um, Meetup.com has a list of all kinds of events that are happening every day in your city. And you can look and find things that are of your interest. You can look and find different things that you want to go and check out. And you can talk to the people who are there. Um, Most of my closest friends, you know, that I've met are people I've met through hobbies, through activities. And you need to start to sort of organize. I come at life from a marketing perspective, I guess, but um, you need to start to see your, your social life as a marketing funnel. And I've talked about this many times is you have sort of lead sources across the top and then you have a funnel and some people will fall out of the funnel. They will not be, you know, your best friend or something like this. But they, that's okay, right? But as you put more people into the top of the funnel, more people will drip out the bottom of the funnel. But the issue is that so many of us have like maybe one place, one lead source of where do we meet new people? It's like, oh, well, if a new guy gets hired at work, then I'll talk to him. Like, good Lord, you're never going to meet anyone. Right. And so you have to be intentional about increasing the number of places that you meet people. And so I know earlier I was speaking negatively about cold approach, but cold approach is a fine tactic for meeting new people. Um, It's just very energy and time consuming. I found Mm -hmm. and meeting friends of friends is, I would say probably one of the strongest ways to meet people is by, you know, sort of hosting a regular thing that happens making, you know, a happening, I call it where you're the one who's taking on the burden of creating a fun activity, creating a fun time. And then you're not just waiting to be invited to things. You're the one who's creating something which you invite people to. And then you're saying to them this magic phrase, which is bring your friends, bring your friends, bring your friends, bring your friends. And it's like almost like multi-level marketing where you're saying, if you bring one of, you know, three friends and those three people each bring three people, then you'll have nine people. Yeah. It's, but it's true. Right. And so by, by pushing through other people's social networks, even small ones that they have, you can very, very rapidly meet people. And so again, that's another lead source, right? Um, I've used dating apps successfully and sort of put it in my profile that I'm mostly looking for friends. I'm mostly looking to connect with new people um, for friendship and for adventure. And that can work. There's, There's really an infinite number and it's limited only by your creativity of where you can go to meet people. But once you're there, once you're meeting people, you have a conversation with them. You can invite them to something that you're doing. And if they're interested, then they'll, then they'll go as long as you've made a good first impression on them. You know, it's funny, you, you talk about uh, marketing and I've, I've heard this thousands of times that mm-hmm. dating is very much like sales and marketing. It and, can be, yeah. And I, uh, one of the first jobs I had when I got out of the, the military was I did door to door office supply sales. Oh, nice. And, <laughs> That's a meal. And uh, one of the things that they would they would talk about is that people love to buy things, but they hate being sold things. 
Yes, 100%. And, and, and I kind of look at cold approach as the same thing as knocking on someone's yeah. door trying to sell them a printer. You know, yeah. that it's your it's it's a it's an uphill battle for sure. Whereas mm-hmm. if yeah. if you invite a bunch of people to a trade show, people yeah. are there to shop, you know, and it's hundred percent it's, it's kind of like that in a social circle, wouldn't yeah. you say? Well, it's also that um you people come into their into their social lives and especially in dating, and this is where uh I really think that the pickup world and the dating world is is struggling to it needs to find it's it needs to find a new level it needs to find a new kind of platform to to be on and going up as you say in this sort of like line like hook and hook and line method where it's like i have an agenda to meet a woman so that i can check off this i have a woman box mm-hmm. and so many guys go out with this idea that's like i need to okay i found a woman is she the one for me no, 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 no. Throw her back. Get rid of her. You know, she's not the one for me. And then, okay, I'm going to find another one. Right. Okay. What about this one? Oh no, she doesn't like me. Okay. Next, next, next. And it really has this sort of creepy agenda attached to it whenever you're first meeting someone. And this is why I always laugh when you'll meet a a guy will meet a woman and he'll say to her, uh, you know, Hey, we should get together sometime. We should go do something. And she'll go, Oh, I have a boyfriend. And then he'll go, okay, well, you know, take it as a compliment, have a nice day and walks away. Mm-hmm. And I'm laughing because one of my closest friends is a guy that I met because I talked to his girlfriend in the stairwell of my building. And she said, I have a boyfriend. And I said, great. Most cool girls know great guys. I'd like to meet him. You know, I, well, why don't you bring him to the event that I'm hosting? And she was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And so she came, she brought him and he brought one of his friends. And I met all three of them that night from meeting one girl and going, I don't have an agenda. I'm just trying to meet more people. Right. Yeah. And so I don't talk to her anymore. They broke up a long time ago. She's long gone. Who cares? But the real connection was the guy that I met who both of us have made a huge positive impact on each other's lives. I was the best man at his wedding. He's married now to a different girl. And the other guy that I met that night was someone that I really enjoyed spending time with when I was in the city there. And so to have this sort of very narrow view of like, I today am looking for women. It's like, okay, great. But you, there's so much other, there's so much else you could be doing with your time, you know? Yeah. Well, that actually it's a form makes, of pedestalizing. Yeah. No, I actually, I, I think you bring up a really good point there because yeah, you know, like I think we, we've already, we've already talked about how like men have a hard time finding other guys, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you talk about, uh, there, there's lots of like pickup and game where you need a wingman. Well, how do you find yeah. a wingman? Right. Yeah. By, exactly. making, by making friends. And I think if you go yeah. with, with your method of like, say you do cold approach a girl and she's like, yeah, I got a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, well bring them along. And now, you, now yeah. you, you potentially have a new wingman when they break up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the other part of it too, is that you've got, you, it's very hard to have a girlfriend when you have no girlfriends. And so it's, I think that men should be friend zoning women by default, right? Because if, if you are this, this like dog chasing cars constantly, and you have no idea what you'll do if you finally catch a car, it's like a cologne that just comes off of you. You reek of this desperation. And instead, if you can say, um, I'm going to put sex on the back burner for a while Mm-hmm. And not in this like, you know, monk mode kind of garbage, but you, you, you change your focus from this hedonistic sense of just having sex constantly to trying to um, have a greater goal of like, okay, wh- do you have a business goal? Do you have a, you know, some social goal that you're trying to meet? Or would you like to, you know, go to Monaco with some friends and have and rent and charter a jet? Like, what's your dream here? Like, what's your ideas? And, and one of the biggest problems is that no one seems to be able to say, like, what their formulated goals, what their formulated ideas, what do you want your life to look like? And they just sort of say like, Oh, you know, I'd like to be married. It's like, well, I've got a, you know, there's a drug addict on the corner across the street that constantly asks for money. She's a woman, she'll marry you. You know, you really set yourself up for mediocrity when you don't, um, when you have such a narrow kind of focus of what is acceptable for you and what you're looking for. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, like sort of what you talk about also, like I'm a law of attraction guy 
And I mm-hmm. find that uh, when you sort of let go of this mm-hmm. need to chase women and have a woman in your life, you let that go. Yeah. You, and I think really what it is, is you stop putting out this needy vibe. Yeah. hundred percent. And that needy vibe, like women can pick that up. And yeah. so if you let that go and you stop making it about the women necessarily and more about, I just want to meet people mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Then you're not, you don't come across as needy and that's generally found to be more attractive. Yeah. Well, it's also that even um, Corey Wayne will, will speak about his influence, which is in a huge way, David data and the way of the superior man and dear lover and books like this. Right. Mm-hmm. And that book really digs a lot deeper into the concept in a, maybe a slightly more esoteric way that's less accessible than, uh, than Corey Wayne stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, he really discusses that idea of making your, your, you know, your North star, but also combining that idea with I'm here to give, mm-hmm. right. I'm here to put my needs as secondary and I'm here to, find what it is that other people want and give it to them right even like zig ziglar who's a huge inspiration for me um salesman he says you can have everything you want in life if only you will give people what they want right i'm sort of butchering the quote but it's that idea it's like you will have everything you want in life as long as you will give people what they want right Mm -hmm. and so this is where the idea of like a primary drive emotion or a primary emotional driver is some you know the very few guys out there who talk about social circle um, will always touch on this idea. And it's like, you have to find out what the other person wants. You have to find out, okay, this guy, for example, you have to find out this rich guy who owns a yacht. What does he want? Right. Everyone wants something. Right. And so being able to connect, this is another value of having more people that you know, right? Is you, I'm not going to be able to fulfill the desires of every person I meet. It's just not feasible. And so, however, if I know more people, then I can start to say, hey, Paul, you know, your desire is to get, you know, someone on your podcast, for example. Mm-hmm. And that might be something that's very core to you as your podcast is very important to you. And so, oh, hey, you know what? I actually know a guy who could get you in touch with so-and-so. Let me see if I can make a call for you, Right. Well, all of a sudden now I'm connecting someone who may want some publicity with you who wants good content on your podcast. I get a kickback as the middleman, right? Where in the future, Paul will say, oh yeah, that Malcolm guy, he's a great guy. You know, he really, he hooked me up with someone who's really important for the podcast. And then the other guy is going to say the same thing. And I'm building social capital with both of you, even though all I did was just value arbitrage to two people and swap value between the two of you, Right. Yeah, And so this is something, again, that people don't seem to understand is that stop looking for how other people can do things for you and find out, okay, does this person have skills or access or, or something of value that they are willing to trade or they are willing to give in exchange for something else? And I can trade and I can facilitate those things. So, you know, if I meet someone who's a hairdresser, okay, well, this woman does hair. If, if I know one of my girlfriends needs her hair done on a short notice or something like this, I can make that introduction. Um, this is why you want to connect and build your social circle all with people who are producers, not just consumers, you know, DJs, salon owners, restaurants, restaurateurs, um, hotel concierge, um, you know, people who captain ships, people who, you know, I have a friend who's a, who's a pilot. And so if ever there's a time where I'm like, Hey Matt, you know, I want to go fly around. It's like, no problem. Let's make it happen. Right. And so all of those things you don't need money for, you need social connections. And so a lot of times the social connection can actually get you further than the money can. The money can, you know, you can get access to the Met Gala, for example, by buying a ticket for 30 K or you can know someone who can get you access to that event, right? And mm-hmm. on that night, you, it doesn't matter how in state you are. It doesn't matter how many, you know, mantras you've sung to yourself that morning. It doesn't matter how good you're feeling or the clothes you wear or anything. You yeah. can be feeling like absolute garbage that day. You're in a place, you now have access to a location that has the best, best people. And so even if you're striking out, you're still talking to like the top tier of, of people, the fickle 500 as they're sometimes called. Yeah. You know, one thing I found too, like last year, <clears throat> last year, um, 2020, 
(laughs) (laughs) Two years ago. Two years ago now. um, I was just starting to get on my journey with this stuff. You know, I was really diving, diving deep, going into uh, like a knowledge quest. I would say 2020 was my Mm -hmm. year of questing for knowledge. And I joined a local runners group. And and one of the things that I found with it was that even if I, you know, because we all go through dry spells when it comes to dating, you know, like that's just, it just comes with the the territory. And a lot of people, of course, yeah, like beat themselves up over it. But if you have a social circle, like I did with the runners group, where you meet up every week, then that sort of fills your cup up with, yes, with 100%. people and you know conversation gives you something to do outside yeah. of dating. And one thing I found with that that group is a lot of them they would call it a Friday afternoon club. So we'd meet up Wednesdays for, you know, for running meetups, and then mm-hmm. and then Fridays they would have just social drinks and stuff like that. And then they would invite yeah, all sorts of awesome. other people that didn't like running. So yeah. if you open yourself up to that, you know, you could sort of get out of your funk of, well, I'm going through a dry spell yeah. as well. Because- well, it also is going to be, you're again, you're creating that system. You're mm-hmm. systematizing. Like people talk about, oh, you need to, you know, have an abundant mentality, you know, and people yeah. constantly talk about this abundant mentality. And I'm like, you know, I, a bird may shit upon your head. Do you have an abundant mentality in that moment? Like, no, you feel like garbage. Yeah. And so I don't like the idea of constantly trying to reinforce an emotionally based abundance. Abundance has to be based in a reality, not a mentality. And so you need to construct around yourself as you did in that runners, uh, in that running group situation, you were constructing an abundant reality so that even in a moment where like, you know, your best friend gets run over by a truck. You've got a group of people that can be a support network for you in those difficult times. And you've got people who can, you know, they can cheer when you win and they can cry when you fail. And that is as a human being, it's like, it's so, so important to not go down this, like in the Western world right now, it's this hyper individualism, right? It's like, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. And this sort of idea of like, Everyone is, should be allowed to do whatever they want and have no respect for any other people or a group or, or, you know, and if you don't get along with people, you know, throw them away, you know, they don't deserve you, this kind of idea. It's, 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 um, it's a toxic cancer that's within the feminist community as well as teaching women, for example, that like, if, if, you know, people don't respect your hustle or whatever, then, you know, get rid of them, you know, and just toss people aside like they're used tissue paper. Yeah. And it's, it's absolute you know, in every sense of the word, it is insanity because human beings are social creatures. They are socially oriented. Everything we do is for the social, right? And people think like a corporation or something like this is, you know, centered around, you know, some kind of abstract concept of business and human resources or something like this. No, every corporation is a group of people, a gang, an organization that is on a mission together. They are here because they believe that the iPhone is an, is a device that every human being should have, right? Or they believe that, you know, even in city works, it's like we believe that clean water is something which is extremely important for this city to have. And here's a group of people that that is their thing that they're willing to get up in the morning and do. And so when you're creating a social circle, you are creating a social corporation. You are creating a social organization whose purpose is to fulfill the needs, the social needs of its members, right? And so it's it's um it's like a private member club. That's what you're creating. It just doesn't have a headquarters. You're creating a decentralized private member club, right? And so this is what you need to do in order to serve those needs. So that on the bad days, when you're feeling like garbage, you've got people that you can lean on. When you're you know being lazy, you've got a group of men that are going to challenge you. Just as iron sharpens iron, you need that. People need that. Jack Donovan in Way of the Superior, uh, sorry, no, in uh, Way of the Gang. The okay. Way of the Gang, yeah, by Jack Donovan. The Way of Men, sorry. The Way of way Men. Of men. Okay. The Way of Men by Jack Donovan. He talks about how the, the Way of Men is the Way of the Gang, right? And I love that word because it's so like fraternal. It's so brother bonded, you know? Yeah. But people just sort of askew that. They go, oh, well, you know, Sorry, my wife, my wife and I, 
You know, (laughs) you, you'll ask people, you'll hear this from guys all the time. They'll be like, Hey, do you want to hang out on Friday? Oh, let me ask my wife, see what we're we're doing. Yeah. Like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. No wonder you only have four friends. That's, that's how I was when I was married. You know, I, I, if, if I wasn't at work, I was at home. I had yeah. no life, like all the, like all of our friends were her friends. Cause she was a very yeah. social person and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a real sad way to live. Yeah. I would say. Um, yeah. And it, a lot it, of times in, in your defense, yeah. you may not have realized it. I didn't. Right. No, I had no idea. That's you how my dad on was. other things. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I, it, you talk about a gang. Uh, what, one guy that I like to follow is, uh, Dr. Robert Glover, and he talks about how men are yeah. tri- tribal by nature, like mm-hmm. men. Yeah. And in his books, uh, this, is, this is actually sort of a good segue. Um, Cause you talk about having uh, good female friends, right? Yes. Because yeah. they can introduce you to other women and stuff like that. Maybe hundred percent. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Cause I was really studying Dr. Robert Glover's work and he has no more Mr. Nice guy. That's his like number one mm-hmm. book. And he, yeah. he was talking about how men need to hang out with men and men really shouldn't be having a lot of platonic female friends because that sort yeah. of makes them, uh, I don't know, nice guys, you know, yeah. by nature. And, but it, and so I was on this mentality for a while, like, yeah, you know what? I don't need female friends. I don't need female friends. Yeah. And our mutual friend, Benny, Benny Lickenwalner, yeah. uh, I, I, I put out a TikTok video talking about like, what's the benefit? of having female yeah. friends. And he, yeah. he, he hit me up and he's like, you know, they make good wingmen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I was like, fuck, I never even thought about that before, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I totally agree with him in that area. I think that um, probably at this point in my life, I don't really do a lot of cold approach. Right. Um, although I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love just seeing someone and walking up and sparking a connection. There's obviously there's some ego in that, I think probably sure. of like, I'm going to make you like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say that in terms of effectiveness, yeah. um, there is basically nothing more effective than having, you know, going out you and maybe three of your girlfriends and saying, let's go get cocktails. And then saying to two of them, Hey, look, there's a group of girls over there. Why haven't you gone and talked to them yet? And they're like, what do you mean? What should we say? And you're like, I don't know. Just go tell them they're pretty. And then you stay at the table with one girl where, well, two of them go to the other table and start chatting up these girls. Yeah. And after 10 or 15 minutes, you've got the two girls that, you know, walking back to your table with like three more girls in tow going, Hey, meet my other girlfriend and Malcolm. You know, they're so fun. Oh my gosh. We're out having cocktails. Yeah. It's like, what work did you do? Nothing. Right. But they fly in under the radar. If I walk up to a girl and say, wow, I really like your purse. She's going to go, oh yeah, great. Cool. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But if a girl walks up to another girl and says, wow, you're so pretty. She's going to go, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you so much. You're yeah. so pretty too. You know? And they just, <laughs> all of a sudden they're like, you know, there's no defenses. Yeah. Right. Well, one thing too, that we sort of learn when we're studying game is that women like guys that are attracted or like women are attracted to, right? Like this, that's yes, the whole idea of, yeah. of, of pre-selection and, and social proof. Yeah. Social proof. Yeah. So when you, yeah. When you walk into a place and you have, you come in with three chicks, even yeah. if they are your friends, like the other people are in that place, see that. And they're like, what's, what's he got going on that he has yeah. three girls walking. And in they don't them. need to be the hottest girls in the world. Girls have a very, very hard time ranking the attractiveness of other women. So even if you're going out with like two sixes and two fives and a six, it's like, you're going to have a girl who's a seven or an eight turning her head going like, whoa, what's going on over there? Women are extremely perceptive. They're very, very perceptive because they have to be, they have to notice what's going on around them because it's unacceptable for a woman to get up from her table, walk over to a group of three guys and introduce herself. Right. Right. No woman's going to do that. And so she needs to notice what guys are around her, what girls are around her, look for the non-vision, you know, the non-obvious cues of what is his social status within the group, and then maybe walk past him, put herself, you know, Corey Wayne talks about this. She'll put herself into sort of the orbit around this guy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let me ask you a question. I want to, so I feel like maybe a mental block for guys in, applying social circle game, Mm -hmm. let's call it, uh, 
is that maybe they they don't know what to say, right? Like I've, yeah. I've been that guy where I go to a party, I don't know anyone there. And so I'm just mm-hmm. sort of like, I'm going to go pet the dog, I guess, you know, like I don't yeah. know anybody here. What do you yeah, say yeah, to guys yeah. like that? What advice do you give to people that don't like small talk and don't yeah. feel like they can make friends well, in an environment like that? Yeah. So it's kind of two things. I would say, first of all, um, I don't think anybody likes small talk. I don't think anybody gets up in the morning and goes, you know, I really want to talk about surface level issues with some people that I meet today. Yeah. Um, if, if people are having t- small talk, you are 50% of the equation in any conversation. And so if you are having small talk, it's your fault. You need to start getting better at asking deeper questions of people because, you know, and it, it's partially a confidence thing. People think that, oh, I don't want to ask, you know, deep questions because I don't want people to think, you know, that I'm weird or something like this. But that's pure pride, right? It's like, oh, no, I don't want to ever put myself into any kind of situation where I'm even remotely vulnerable, right? And if that's your feeling, like, go start reading No More Mr. Nice Guy, right? Give that book a read because that's really going to cure some of that for you, right? Yeah. Um, I would say on the other half of it is you need, first of all, to take a lesson from women and turn up your powers of observation. You need to start get. You need to start getting good at moving through the world with your eyes open, centered in the moment, noticing what's going on around you. So if you walk into a party, and your immediate thought is, you know, I'm going to look at the ground, I'm going to pet the dog, I'm not going because the group represents, um, you know, a very harsh judge, a very harsh critic. Um, it, you know, if you don't measure up to it to its standards or something like this, then that can be really terrifying for people. So what would you do? Well, the first thing you need to do is you need to look, you need to use your eyes. You need to look at the group, right? Because you need to gather information. You need to, you know, look at the group. Are they all staring at you with this look on their face? You know, <laughs> or are they, you know, because, oh, like, like, what, what am I doing wrong if they're staring at me like that? Jesus. Yeah. Right? Anyway. Yeah. And so you, first of all, look, you have to use your eyes. If you're not going to look at something, you're not going to get information about it. Right. This is why like, the eye is such a symbol in our world of, of knowledge, right? The eye of Horus or the, you know, the eye of Providence is a, is an image is a symbol of, of knowledge and information. So the first thing you have to do is you have to look at the group. Second of all, you have to be willing to um, make the first move in a lot of ways. You have to be willing to take notice of something about even just one person in the group. And then you need to ask them about it. Right. This is where I hate direct approaches where people walk up and they go, Hey, I saw you from across the street. I wanted to come over here and talk to you. Right. It's like, Oh my gosh. Like, okay. Now, Oh, I'm making it man to woman. Right. No, that's just a cover for your insecurity where you can't calibrate. Right. If I just brute force it and if I just throw myself out there um, and I don't get what I wanted, then I can just say, well, you know, I was just, yeah, I wasn't trying that hard or whatever, right? I can turn off my brain, close my eyes and pull triggers, right? And if something hits the target, then great, right? Mm-hmm. No, open your eyes again. And you need to look at the people that you're there with. And you need to notice something about one of these people. And you need to ask them about it, right? So if I'm at a party and there's a group of people there, I'm going to notice a person wearing, a, you know, maybe a sports jersey. And I'll go up and I'll say like, hey, you know, I don't even recognize what this team is. What's the sports jersey for? Right. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I've noticed, first of all, something that that person is interested in. Right. When people want to talk in terms of their own interests, I've found something which that person is going to talk to me back about. Right. And I can then take an interest in the other person. Right. No one becomes friends with you because they found out more about you. Right. People think that if I just tell them more about myself and, and that, you know, beat them over the head with information about me that is very impressive, then they'll become friends with me. No, 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 no. That's not how people become friends. Mm -hmm. They become friends by taking an interest in you and asking questions are the evidence of that. So if you can get the other person to ask a question, great. But in the other sense, you can flip it around. If you ask a question of someone else and they take the time and burn the calories to give you a good response and give you a good answer, they are again investing into a relationship with you. And if the other person's investing, then that's how you start to create connection. That's how you start to create friendship with people. Got it. Um, I got one more question for you here. And then I think we'll, we'll wrap this up. 
Yeah. So, sure. so in doing my, my homework for this, I, I watched your discussion with, with Benny Lichtenwalder. He, sure, had, yeah. he, he has it on his uh, YouTube channel, uh, mm-hmm. lover and a fighter. If you guys want to check that out. And you, you mentioned that you like the women that you are dating to get to know each other, to hang out. Ha- yeah. Yeah. Ha- has that ever caused any drama? <laughs> <laughs> this is an issue that a lot of guys ask me about. It's, yeah. it's interesting. I think it's fascinating. Um, no, that's not caused an issue for me. Okay. Um, it has sometimes caused an issue for them, All right. uh, where they reveal to me their true colors. The types of women that I want to be around are the types of women who are eternally selfless, who are also very social, um, and who are not trying to put me into a little box okay. so that they can control me so that they can tell me how to be and that they never have to feel threatened and then they eventually never have to do any work and they can get fat and shut down. (laughs) (laughs) And so for me, it's partially, you know, if they were to become angry that, you know, I, I'm, I've met another woman, right. Any woman who is threatened by other women and see everything as a threat and see everything as a zero sum game where there's one person can win and one person can lose. That's not the type of person I want to be around. And so the, the women that are my closest friends are ones that are excited when I meet a new woman because they're going to get introduced to her and they will add a new friend to their social circles as well. And they also bring friends that they meet to me to introduce to me. Uh-huh. And it's, it's a social project. I use the word social corporation before because I actually have an org chart right? I have an organizational chart where I have me in the center, right? And I have lines going off to different people and I have female friends. I have about three of them that they are the closest inner circle around me, right? And there's guys in that inner circle, obviously as well, but there's three women, sometimes two, sometimes three that move in and out of that inner circle. And that's a very esteemed position um, because they get brought to crazy events. They get to come on wild adventures they get um, to meet tons of people. They get access. Um, oftentimes, these things are paid for by someone else, and they get to tag along. You know, when I'm when I was in Korea, for example, I'm going out onto the to this yacht. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing a group of four, five, six women with me, mm-hmm. right? And they are, in some ways, you know, the reason why I'm able to go is because the guys want to meet, you know, good women. Yeah. But they're into it's it's a whole like the each hand washes the other, right? Yeah. And so for a woman to all of a sudden get butthurt because she's, you know, in a social circle with other women, it's just evidence to me that she doesn't get it. Right. Now, now, now are, we, here. are we just talking about female friends or, I mean, uh, women that you're also dating too, though, right? Um, yeah, this word dating, I've always had a hard time quantifying because okay. I think that it is. I would say um, like a romantic interest in. Yeah, I think that I have a romantic interest in many different women. Okay. Um, some of them I've fooled around with. Some of them I haven't. I okay. think there's lots of women that have a romantic interest in me. It's a very, um, it's a very gray. Well, it's sort of a spectrum, right? It's sure. like, yes, of course, blue and red are different colors, but where's the line between blue and red? When is it not red anymore? Right? It's a little harder to define. Yeah. And so the term dating, it's like, I don't mean to be intentionally vague here, but yeah. It's difficult to say, um, am I in an exclusive relationship with woman A? No. Right. And I doubt, and it's difficult for a woman, I think, to have everything going on so that she can have that kind of position. Now, I would obviously like to, you know, have a mother to children one day, but I think that that would still remain within a larger social context and a larger social grouping um, yeah. where there are other, where there are other women, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm a naturally flirtatious person. Am I going to be like sleeping with all my friends constantly? No, probably not. But okay. um, again, for me, kind of sex takes a back seat more. Um, and so that it's more about meeting more people, facilitating adventure, facilitating amazing lifestyle, things like this, right? Um, women are primarily there because you can meet super, super high status men through a very attractive woman. Um, mm, and okay. so having that having that, um, that robust social circle is what gives is what elevates my lifestyle. 
Got it. Okay. I guess does that I, kind of answer the, does that sort of yeah, answer Yeah. 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 I, I think, I think it, it does. Cause yeah, if you're not, I guess what I would say is uh, what, where it stops sort of being a blurred line is if you're sleeping with them or not. Right. And I, I feel like yeah. if you're, if you're not exclusive, that's fine. You know, you can, you can be yeah. dating and sleeping around with you yeah. know, spinning plates as it were, but yeah. that's where, that's where I would define that maybe. But yeah. And I think it's also that um, we, like there are people, for example, that I've fooled around with once and then we're, we continue being friends for like, you know, eight months. And then one time we're out and again, we like, you know, go home together. And I wouldn't, I don't really do the like friends with benefits thing. And I don't really advise men to, is yeah. that you get into this routine, you start to play the boyfriend vibe too much, where instead of being like the fun time guy, the guy who doesn't count you're you know larping as a boyfriend but pretending that you're not yeah you know yeah. and you're like oh yeah she comes over all the time and we spend lots of time together and we go out for lunch and we're you know we sleep together like four times a week oh but we're not dating oh we're not exclusive also i'm not putting any energy into meeting new women it's like okay buddy you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> delude yourself all you want yeah you know oh i don't care about her yeah okay we'll see how you cry when she leaves right yeah yeah so it's um you know yeah most guys i don't think do it right um, they get themselves into these like very regular kind of sexual relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really advise doing that because it does, that can cause, that can cause harm. I think, um, if you are putting off the boyfriend vibe, but in your heart, you're not believing that that's really what you're doing. Um, you're being dishonest, you're being manipulative in some ways, and you should be very upfront. If you're not open to a relationship, then don't, don't like LARP that you are. Right. Because women watch actions, you know, right. Their words, again, Corey Wayne talks about this. Their words are more a description of how they feel in that moment than a de facto statement of truth. And they see men's words sometimes in that way as well. And so if you're saying like, oh, I'm not super looking for a relationship, but you're acting like you are, well, then they start to see you as if I put enough sex coins into this vending machine, then a relationship will fall out. Right. But if, if there's no relationship stocked in your vending machine, then don't do the don't do the other half of it. Got it. I say so. You're you're basically saying that uh, if you are going to be dating mul- multiple women, just keep it super casual and like never. Put it has that... to be super casual. It has to be very irregular, um, yeah. and it has to be very above board. Um, I think it was uh, I forget who it was in the three percent man group that first sort of noticed this this idea that I have, yeah. and kind of maybe I don't know called me out on it is the right word, but asked for more information maybe. Okay, and um, it was it was an interesting question. It was like, I hadn't really looked at it before because it was just sort of my default. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and even sometimes I'll have women who I will n- know and they will in their mind think that this is heading towards, you know, Oh, we're, you know, I'm hanging out in a group with Malcolm. Yes. But, but, but he's available, he's single. And so maybe if I play my cards, right, we would be in a dating relationship. And I'll notice right away that for example, I actually had this happen a little while back where um, one woman I was seeing, she saw me at a, uh, like a, a party at a DJ event with two other girls that I met. And she was like, who are these other girls? And I'm like, Oh, two other girls I met. Would you like to meet them? And she's like, what do you mean? Would I like to meet them? No. And I'm uh, like, Oh, <laughs> how odd. Why would you not want to meet them? Right. They're great yeah. people. They seem very interesting. And she's all focused on those two women that I met. But the reality was, is that I met those two girls. One was, um, like a model who lived in Bali and the other one was her friend, both very, very attractive women. Yeah. And I met them and I quickly connected with them, but I then immediately pivoted and introduced them to the DJ who was DJing that night. And I then immediately have an in to meet him. He's the more valuable contact because now the next time I'm in Bali, I can immediately call him up and be like, Hey, I want to come and see you play. How do we make that happen? And he goes, dude, we're playing on Saturday night. Let's go. Right. The girls mm-hmm. are long gone. Who cares about them? The, the guy is the one who is the better contact, right? And so I'm not encouraging you to use people in this sort of predatory way, but yeah. that people have value outside of just, you know, trying to have a quick, you know, experience <laughs> with them. Yeah, that makes sense. Malcolm, this conversation has been really great. Uh, how can people find you online? Uh, well, my Instagram is probably one of the ones I'm most active on right now. Okay. Dr. Max Bell. Um, D-R-M-A-X-B-E-L-L, but elevatedatingblueprint.com is uh, is my site. 
And, uh, and then if, if you're on 3% man, I'm on, a, I have my profile in there, facebook.com slash Malcolm Bell five. Okay. Awesome. Malcolm, thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah. And yeah, no problem. Thanks for the podcast and thanks for the time and talk. And it's really enjoyable. Malcolm, thanks for joining me this week. It was a really good discussion. I'm glad we finally connected. I know we've, uh, you know, we've met through uh, 3% man group and through the lover and a fighter group. You know, we have mutual friends, Benny and, and Luke and stuff like that. So it was really good to connect. So um, I really enjoyed talking to you today. I think you have a very unique yet old school approach to dating. And I think more guys should look into it. I will put links to your stuff in the description. Otherwise, guys, thanks for joining me again. And we'll see you next time. This has been the Come On Man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.